0: Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website GirlfriendIt.com and the movement GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Turnigan on TogiNet.com.
1: Up and reaching out to help others. It's so easy to get caught up in our daily, to get caught up in our busyness of life that we at times need to do a self checkup to evaluate where we are in applying our giftedness to help others and not to just benefit ourselves. Well, before we get too far into our show, you are listening to Girlfriend at Radio, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. Well, this is Patty Wyatt, and Lisa Jernigan is still out rallying the world and abandoning me, and we will obviously have to ask her to do a self checkup upon her return. Ha 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 ha. Well, back to our question: How do we, in our present circumstances, think differently? Think differently in such a way that you cannot help but begin to live differently. Because thinking differently about how we are reaching out to others and, and thinking differently about our spiritual growth and transformation um, will help us in opening our eyes to where we need to be joining God. Well, to help, help us tackle that question, we have asked a special guest today, Sherry McCready, to be on our show and Sherry is from a significant ministry called Stadia that ministers to wives of church planners, and Stadia is bringing people and churches together to transform lives all across the world and communities through church planting, and within this ministry is a thriving ministry called Bloom. Bloom provides inspiration, encouragement, and resources for planners, spouses, so they can provide The same to their families, staff, and churches. And so welcome to our conversation today, Sherry. Oh, thank you. Well, Sherry, you share that you are hopelessly in love with Jesus, and you are ruined for any cause but His. And you also talk about just adoring God's Word and and daily devouring God's Word. And you love this secret place. It's your favorite place. And that is where you find inspiration as a missionary, a wife, a mom, an artist, and and how you are able to tell the story of God and make a big deal about Him. So tell us a little bit about how you became ruined for any cause but His. Oh,
2: uh, obviously that's a, a good journey um, of uh, just, the scriptures teach us to teach and see that the Lord is good, and when I was 16 years old, um, I had a youth pastor that had a brilliant idea to uh, train all of the students that were willing in his youth ministry to learn how to read the word daily. He wrote a program for us, and uh, I started to do that, and um, as I would stumble and fail in the discipline, I still found that every time I would pause my heart long enough to Open up God's Word. I was blown away by how relevant it was, how it cut through all the confusion of my heart, um, even at 16 years old. And uh, it just began at a very young age to show itself to be far more satisfying than anything I was finding in high school or in the culture or in you know the media scene, friends, all of that. Um, and then after the word and finding it to be so satisfying, I began in the next season of my life to really live my life based on the principles of the word and found him um, and the word to be so faithful that I, uh, I, I couldn't compare it to anything else in this world. And at that point is when I really began to know that I was ruined, um, like I had tasted the real stuff and I couldn't ever be satisfied by less. Um, so my life's pursuit would always be about that, about um, pointing to the words of life, both in my own pursuit personally and in calling others as often as I am given the opportunity to taste and see that the Lord is good. So that's a 25-year a story in about, you know, two minutes. That's about what <laughs> I can <could> do. <laughs> well, it takes that. I know you and your husband,
1: you planted um, Highland Christian Church Uh, back in 2005. And and you talk about it being the the wildest journey of all, and yet you wouldn't trade one day of it. And, uh, you know, to go from that, I I know you shared, like, when you were 17, you're, you're stuck in this sin and insecurity. So talk a little bit about that be what what kind of insecurity were you going through because people deal with that even today especially as you're planting churches that that is a huge that we hear so many times from especially women in ministry just always feeling less than and that they don't have the capacity and it's so easy to hear the words to go oh just trust in god and yet it seems so trite when you really are daily um, in the trenches like that. So, so share a little bit more about that, those feelings of insecurity.
2: Well, they were rooted um, in the years of my, my failure, my sin, um, in real profound ways. It really comes back to an issue of intimacy. Um, and as many in our culture today, very sadly, um, have a lot of deep scars from breakdowns in intimacy, whether they be in a family or in um, relationships of any kind. Um, for me, that breakdown, the pain of it began when I was 12 years old um, when I was, I always say became statistics, when I experienced sexual abuse. And uh, that issue at 12 years old, I made a critical mistake. I, I didn't speak of it. I didn't talk about it. I kept it. I, I say I locked a little 12-year-old girl away in a closet thinking that I could separate my, my world um, and have this little church-billing world where it was all kind of clean and perfect and pristine, and yet this very broken world that was separate. Obviously, that doesn't work, um, and it all comes to collide at some point. It really didn't take long for my world to collide. By the time I was 14, um, I was definitely in one broken relationship after the other um, in different dating areas in, of school, and... Um, that brokenness just would fester um, into a very secret and hidden place of my heart that only Jesus knew and could see. When I was 17, um, I was attending a conference, a church conference, and um, through it the Lord spoke to me in a profound way, and it was a revolutionary moment for me. He made it evident to me that he wanted me, and that proposition blew me away because he was the only one who really knew the mess that I was on the inside. No one in my outside world had the privilege of knowing um, what was really going on in my heart, but Jesus did know. And he tried you into a new kind of intimacy, so that makes you whole, um, that full of peace and hope. And that, that invitation from Jesus to essentially let him hold me, let him heal me, and while he did that, he would also use me um, in his kingdom And that still this day blows me away because it is that um, he loved me before I loved him. Mm. And uh, that is still the the impetus or the place where I find motivation to do what I do now in loving folks who don't love me back or love Jesus yet is that that is loving the way Jesus loved me. Um, He persuaded me that I could trust him and that he would introduce to me a new strength of intimacy. And uh, those who I minister to often, I use the illustration of a dance, that Jesus invited me into a new dance. And my only responsibility in this new dance was just to lock my eyes on him. That was all I had to do, and that he would do the rest. And um, there's so many days when I would forget, and I'd look back down at my feet, so to speak, and try and get the dance right or try with all this effort to make this thing look beautiful when really all he wanted me to do was just just love him back that was it mm-hmm. and um that new intimacy um is just a journey you know it's a whole lifetime of learning that and when we moved into the church planting season um i i've I written a book called um who moved my comfort zone and it was out of that experience when we planted the church I really had to say goodbye to any comfort zone I had ever known before because they were mm. all gone. And the only place I could find comfort or a comfort zone, so to speak, literally was in the secret place with Jesus and that dance and that intimacy. And that. from that, he gave me everything I needed to negotiate all the different worlds he was calling me to that were also foreign and new to me and new languages, new rhythms, new expectations, new conflicts new challenges, all of that, um, that the, the critical part of me as a church planning wife, as a missionary to the United States, is to drink deep every day and keep my eyes locked on him and trust him, trust him for the dance. Each day it's different. Each day, um, it, 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 it's full of different challenges and rhythms. I always giggle and say sometimes it feels like a jitterbug, other days it feels like a waltz. Um, <laughs> but all of it with him. And he leads um, leads every step. And my only calling is just to try and stay with him, wherever he's going, whatever he's doing, and try and look at him. Well,
1: Sherry, we have just about a minute and a half before we take our commercial break. And going back to the question of how, in our present circumstances, you know, do... Can we think differently to where we can really lift up others? Who was that person? And I know this is a process, but who was that person that, um, in one minute, that came along and really lifted you up? And and I know obviously, you know, we, the answer is, is Jesus. But that that person that that Jesus was breathing into to breathe into you. Well,
2: it would be my husband. Um, uh-huh. he found me when I was 19 and still very much in that broken place, um, recovering and he demonstrated so beautifully. Um, the, the demonstration of Christ and watching me with the word of God, um, loving me, even in my brokenness and having faith for me and would often say, you know, you've got a heart of gold and, um, look straight in my eyes and mean it and believe it. And, um, I've been very, very blessed to have, that type of leadership spiritually in my life. So definitely
1: my husband. Well that's awesome. And and hats off to your to your hubby. And it's time to take a quick break. The question we asked earlier in our show is how are we lifting up others and stay with us
3: right now. That's- in youth ministry and knew nothing about
1: church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives and we couldn't have done it without Stadia.
0: Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to Uh stadia.cc
3: Do you ever feel like you're the invisible woman? Too polite to be political, too nice to be real, tame even though you really want to be unleashed? Like you're living in a fairy tale without the happy ending. Well, Cinderella has left the ball, and it's time to wake up and break up with our own self-imposed glass slippers and ceilings. Welcome to Le Chic Speak, the polite woman's guide to self-expression, with your host, Jen Duchenne. La Chic Speak is the WooHoo Radio Network's resident radio show dedicated to helping women turn on their power and turn up the volume of their voices so you can be seen... Heard, appreciated, and celebrated. Join us on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time for your weekly dose of Le Chic Speak with your host, Jen Duchenne, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network.
0: Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio.
1: Our show this day, we are talking about reaching up and reaching out to help others. And we are speaking with Sherry McCready with Bloom. And Bloom provides inspiration, encouragement, and resources for planners, spouses, so they can provide the same to their families, staffs, and churches. And before we get too far into the segment, we want to do a big shout out to our girlfriends at Bloom. We appreciate who you are and what you do. And we are just going to pretend that you're all sitting here. We're at one, on one big couch just having our, our coffee and having this discussion on how can we truly be more empathetic to others and, and help in changing our culture by literally just creating an avalanche of helping others, and Sherry, we ended the last segment with you just talking about it was your husband was the one that really reached out to yeah. you and um, lifted you up. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go from there and just say, what what are you doing right now to really have that that same philosophy where we can change the culture and it can be part of our daily, um, just the the way we think to to help others. Um, And I know, especially with you in the season of doing the the church planning, it's so hard and it can seem overwhelming Mm because there's so many people to lift up. So what would be just a tip to our listeners and how you wake up in the morning and and make this happen?
2: I think um, the prayer that I often have is just God bringing us the sensitivity to see the wounds that people are carrying. Um, You know, we've all heard the phrase, hurt people, hurt people. Um, And the idea that where we've been wounded deeply, sometimes, you know, there's always the choice of what do I do with that wound? Do I walk, do I harden my heart, or do I do the braver choice, which is for a heart to remain soft and pliable? And um, many in our our culture who don't know the story of Jesus um, will choose the first option, which is that harder heart and then that makes you move into a more abrasive personality. Um, I say that because, especially with being a part of Generation X, there is uh, a lot of woundedness in that particular generation, and they're all in their, you know, their 40s now and 30s and raising kids, and those challenges can be there, and there can still be that deep, broken place. Um, so for me, the big answer to that, I always think of the lady um, that broke the bottle of perfume over Jesus' feet, and you know, he said, he who has been forgiven much, um, has, you know, much gratitude and thanksgiving in their hearts. But those of us who need to be forgiven much tend to be kind of messy people. <laughs> and we make messes yeah. a little bit where mm-hmm. we go. And um, I think the whole idea of lifting up is just a, an, an incredible extension of grace when the messes are made. Um, and, and not to um, harden or distance or move away, but instead to stay in it, to stay in the mess with people, mm-hmm. um, forgiving often, Um, extending mercy often, um, because the failure, especially relational failure, it can be kind of paramount these days. And frankly, I think it's because there hasn't been a lot of examples of enduring love for us, um, be it in the church or in the culture. Um, There Mm -hmm. has been a lot of relational failure, and people just kind of think that's norm, Um, But when there is that opportunity to extend grace and mercy and to say, I love you in the middle of the mess, Jesus loves me in the middle of mine, then there's an, an amazing opportunity. Although it's difficult, time-consuming, emotionally um, involved, it's still the journey to me toward healing, the real journey of lifting people up. Um, mm-hmm. And I often think of the Valley of Dry Bones, and, you know, Ezekiel, God asked him, you know, hey, can these bones live again? And I have often related to Ezekiel's answer, saying, only you know God. I mean, this looks pretty broken. This looks pretty messy. But God's saying, hey, pray, pray for the healing and watch what I can do. And uh, I live there a lot in this idea of lifting people up out of that place of brokenness, out of that place of devastation. Because the gospel says that resurrection comes after death. Life comes to dead places. So um, I really believe that.
1: Well, you mentioned that the, the Generation X, that there's so much woundedness why do you think there is more mm-hmm. in this generation?
2: Well, um, statistically, there's all kinds of you know data out there now. But um, that, that Gen X was the first American generation to become latchkey kids. First, uh, the gen, let's see, divorce rate hit seventy percent with Gen X. Uh, one third of Gen X was aborted. Another third was sexually abused. It, it's pretty staggering, um, this, the, the data that's come out about that particular time period. Um, and in high school, I knew as I was watching the lives of my fellow locker mates sort of metaphorically kind of blow up in front of me, I had a sense even then that we would be walking this the rest of our lives, that some of these wounds were so deep that, um, but for the power of Christ. Um, they were making a lifelong impact, right, at that time. And, um, and I believe the relational failure is very significant. Um, the father wound, the mother wound, the, the failure. And, and frankly, I mean, it is good to speak of even the failure of the church to um, really love well in the midst of that really, really messy time in our culture of I don't get this stuff, you know, gospel doesn't make sense to me, um, uh, walking away, and, and seeing a lot of internal church pain as well has wounded many, at least in my city. I, I work inside of that every every week. Um, there's that story being played out, walking with someone through that disappointment and that failure, and le- learning to trust again, learning to forgive. It, it's a big, big, big journey of faith.
1: Yes, I, and and that journey of faith, um, when we can do it together, and I think that's one of the 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 differences that I see within the baby boomers and the gen Xers is mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. the baby boomers kind of, um, keep the information. You don't expose that information. You keep it to yourself because yeah, that's, exactly. that's kind of mm-hmm. how their parents did things. And so then to come yeah. along now, everybody's sharing their messiness and we're, we're throwing it out there and basically mm-hmm. throwing up on the table. And it's like, well, what do we do with this information? And I think especially as church planners, we, we come in and we want to, obviously God's word is sharper than any two-edged sword, but we also, God is saying, mm-hmm. let's bring the tools there along with God's word. Let's provide um, how to pour into leaders because you grow a leader and you're going to grow the organization. And so many times um, you, you mm-hmm. see churches they just get stuck and they're not growing anymore mm-hmm. and it, it and mm-hmm. I do think it's a lot of that woundedness that is right there on the table and we're not getting beyond that. We're not going past that woundedness yeah because we're not giving people the tools mm-hmm. to, to know how so what would be mm-hmm. some of the tools mm-hmm. that that you guys are are providing within your church plant like how are you actually helping? Um, are you providing classes or is this, do you do do this one-on-one?
2: Um, well, the major values of our church, um, one of them is authenticity, um, which is this idea of not hiding or shielding this messiness, but moving inside it very authentically. That can only be modeled. You can't really teach that. Um, Mm -hmm. it has to be the, I'll go first kind of thing, so that others say, oh, I understand how to do that now. Um, certainly not. I always use the illustration of Jesus called Lazarus out of his grave, and then once he came out, he said to others, take off his grave clothes, and that there are behaviors that belong to the season of death that need to come off when you're new and alive, and those are two separate steps. One is coming alive. The second one is taking off the grave clothes. Um Gen X Likes to walk around in their deadness, yeah, you know, even if after maybe even a touch from the Lord, they'll still be like, "Yeah, but I'm still a broken person, or I'm still a this or that, and then there's that second call of no, let's take off those grave clothes um, and I think the only the other big tools or things we model or desire to model here at our church is um, speaking with relevance. Shannon and I have been. Trained as missionaries, we think like missionaries, which has a lot to do with language development and understanding the language of the day or the culture that you're in. Um, so part of the breakdown really has been just a breakdown of, of language, um, I think, in how we're not necessarily dealing with the issues that are in the hands of the people. But we learn the right language, um, whether that be literal words or exercises or experiences and then it becomes a bit easier to have that conversation, that dialogue about um, the role of Christ in our lives and allowing him to bring healing and lifting us up.
0: Hmm.
1: Boy, that, that language, understanding the lingo is so important because we can so many times yeah. talk such Christianese to people that it causes yeah. them to a yeah. the mask on, and then they start talking Christianese as yeah. well. <laughs> Rather than, uh, right. yeah, being right. authentic. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. That, that's very interesting. Yeah. Well, we, yeah, have, it's very, very important.
1: we have two minutes um, before our commercial break, Sherry, and then we um, will be okay. coming back in to, to discuss this with another guest. So in, in two minutes, um, and, and I love that tip of understanding the language and just really getting into the messiness of those that are, are wounded and, the, the other thing I walked away with mm-hmm. was the model of all go first behavior and then others will follow. Mm-hmm. Can you yeah. give us just a couple other mm-hmm. tips there and in, in those of us that are doing ministry of how we can lift each other up?
2: Well, I think um, for us when you know, we're in the context of a small group or a one-on-one conversation through mentoring or even a Sunday morning gathering, um, we really believe in the value of our testimony. Revelation speaks about how our testimony overcomes the enemy. And that's where you model, I think, the I'll go first. Um, be it, here's my lifelong story of here's where I failed and here's where Jesus met me. That can be the I'll go first, or it can be in the context of small group or one-on-one to say, here is the week I'm in. Here's where I'm, where I'm struggling. Here's, um, here's some of the challenges that I'm really facing. And, and can, I guess the question is, can leaders be weak? Can leaders fail? Um, can leaders have times when, when they really need encouragement? If, if not, then I think it's all a lie. So as, as we lead in the all-go-first, it's you're going to watch me fall, but you're going to also watch me get back up. Um, you're mm-hmm. going to watch me um, deal, struggle, but you're going to also watch me learn to forgive. But if you never see the struggle, then the forgiveness doesn't really have impact or context. I didn't know how what that cost you. Um, yes, and, so, and no, that note, I've done it with my, you know. Yeah. Yes.
1: We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we will continue our conversation. Yeah. Of how are you? other
0: This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend radio right after these.
1: We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90-plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a -a one-of-a-kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives.
0: Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc.
4: Join host Kalen Amadio for Act Local, marketing for small business. Kalen helps concerned, confused, and even clueless small business entrepreneurs market simply, safely, and successfully. Join Kalen for some Monday morning marketing madness that will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the Internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Whether you need help with online media, social media, video, or mobile marketing for your local business, this Marketing Black Belt will guide you into the 21st century with easy tips, tricks, and techniques that get your local business seen and heard. Each week, Kalen will feature a new tip that you can use today, as well as a range of guest experts who are passionate about helping local business owners thrive. Act Local Marketing for Small Business airs every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard
1: the topic of how are we daily lifting each other up and our next guest Krista Gilbert has some enticing suggestions by seeing and by by being intentional with the ministry called meaning to your minutes and she has these fun easy no prep dares that take you from the ho-hum to giddy up so thank you so much Krista for being on the
3: show with us today how are you I am so well. Thank you for having me. It's a joy to be talking to you.
1: Well, I I just love what you're doing in these Dare to Love and um, how to get connected with with others. Um, That that really is hitting our topic on how we are to lift each each other up. And um, one of the things that's just so funny is that when I was a kid, I loved the double dares. I mean, if you said, I dare you, that was it. You might as well have been saying, I will pay you $50 to go do this. And it was kind of funny because I was known... I was known to be that kid that um it was you know oh ask Patty dare her and and she'll do it. And so I love this concept of you challenging um those around to do the the dare dare to love. So so tell us a little
3: bit more about this concept. Well, it was really born out of my own need because um I have four kids who are all busy in activities, whether it's sports or music and, of course, school on top of that. And um, I was just finding that I was doing so much in a day for them, but not always connecting with them. And so I thought, you know, even one minute of really intentional, engaged, focused time would make a difference. And so um, really, it was just born out of my own need. And then I thought, well, if I can benefit from this, I know there 's a lot of other people that can too, and that um, even a little bit makes a big difference in our lives relationally
1: well, absolutely, and if we even just dared ourselves every day to go okay i 'm going to be intentional with this little concept and and maybe it 's as simple as making a cupcake for you know one person across the street to um, going to you know the hospital to bring a stuffed animal, or maybe it 's just that one person that God has put in your life to, to make a phone call to, but if we did that daily i, I can 't even imagine how we can truly change the culture by all of us in our surrounding circle of who we have influence over how we really will be lifting each other up. Um, I just recently had a high school friend that that passed away and Um, he just
4: come Mm -hmm. to find
1: out there, there were all kinds of things that were taking place in his life and none of us knew about it. He was just Mm -hmm. very private and we all were talking like if, if we would have only known like we could have been there for him and Mm -hmm. he could have talked through this and why Mm -hmm. wouldn't he have shared? And it's, it's interesting when people have messiness in their life, how they really don't want to expose it. And they're dying inside. So mm-hmm. I just am, I'm very mm-hmm. passionate about how can we truly be there for each other. Um, what are some other things, Krista? That mm-hmm. what are some of your dares that you that you give to people?
3: Well, I, I have different um, ones you can sign up for, and then there's also one I'm going to be launching this fall for teens specifically, because as we all know, they maybe require just a different approach and some special attention. Um, But I have a marriage one. I have a family one. I have one for teachers that they can do in their classroom. Um, And then I have several others that I'm wanting to do in the future. And I have one for Christmas as well. Um, But they all really, really don't take much time. They just focus on the idea that um, we just, we can do something. We, We all are busy. We all have demands put on us and things we need to get done in a day. But we do have minutes, little minutes of time that we could spend relationally on people. And in whatever sphere we're in, whether you're a mom and doing that with your kids or you're doing that with your husband or in your workplace, I mean, really, in the grocery store, wherever you are, if we just have that mindset of making a difference, in a short minute, it really does impact the world around us. And so I agree with you 100%, Patty, on that. Well, it's
1: funny that you even mention uh, the grocery store because, uh, just a simple smile or when you turn around and you start talking to the, the mm-hmm. person behind you about what, what they're buying or you know, what's in their cart, my kids get so embarrassed. And I always tell them, you know, we're just, we're just bringing happiness into the day. It's good to have this community and they just roll mm-hmm. their eyes, but it is, it's just those small little details, um, When my husband and I walk our dog, we we love hiking trails. And there is a guy in our neighborhood that brings doggy treats. And he always stops and wants to give a doggy treat to the dogs. And when we first experienced this, we walked away (laughs) going, that was really weird. That was bizarre. And then we laughed because how sad that when someone offers kindness You walk away going, ooh, weird, Mm -hmm. that was creepy, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) instead of embracing it and going, that is the coolest thing ever. Uh So I really do think we have an opportunity to change our culture, and it does start with us Mm -hmm. in doing those simple dares. Okay, so Krista, I have to ask you, what would be a fun dare for those listeners out there that are married um, for their spouses? I'm
3: putting you on the spot. Okay, I've got a good one for that. Um, for some, this won't be hard, but for some, it'll be really hard. But just uh, kiss your spouse for one minute today. Which may not seem like much, but when actually you're doing it, a minute is a pretty long time. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. That
1: yes. So mm-hmm. so kiss your spouse for one minute, and we'll be staring at the second hand on the mm-hmm. clock. <laughs> Okay, I like that. So what's one that we can give to our kids today?
3: Oh, um, okay, I'll give you a couple for, uh, that you could do. Um, you know, I have three of my four are boys, and so they like to do something physical. And so one of my favorites with them is to um, go out and do a 50-yard dash. Um, and we just do running races or really any race. It is fun. They, they don't care what kind of competition it is as long as it's competition. Um, and another one, if, if that's just not your thing, another one would be to just stop and get down on your kids' level or sit down if you have a teen, just be face-to-face, and look them in the eye and tell them a specific thing that you appreciate about them.
1: Hmm. Wow. And, you know, we, we think of those things that we appreciate about them, but you're right. So many times we're not verbally telling them and boy, that just lights them up when they know that their parent appreciates Mm -hmm. them or sees that their attributes that are, you know, their giftedness that God has given them. I love that. You know, it's, it's interesting because, um, even when I'll grab one of my kids, just take their hand and I, I push them down on the floor and just laying there face to face on the floor and just say, tell, tell me about your day. That That is so powerful mm-hmm. because like all they do is see us just rushing here, rushing there, you know, getting our work done. So when we take the time, mm-hmm. and you're right, it can be one minute. Mm-hmm. It can be two minutes to just let them know how much you appreciate mm-hmm. them and um, something really cool mm-hmm. about them. So that, that is a great tip. And so many times, Krista, don't you think it's just focusing on educating others and getting them to, to make a difference, to make better decisions with their day? And we all need to be reminded of that.
3: Well, absolutely. And that actually is, um, is really what I'm offering is just tools because there are things you any of us can think of, but we just don't always take that time to think about what we want to do or a, a small action that would make a difference in whatever realm um, that's our focus. And so what, this just provides a structure for that because sometimes we're so busy, we honestly don't have time to really think, take that, those moments to think about what we want to do. So this does the think work for you you just sign up and then it sends you an email of something to do that day so you don't have to think about it. But then you're still moving the ball forward relationally um, in that area, which, which is what is so great.
1: Absolutely. Because like you said, you know, most of our actions, they're, well, they're not decisions at all. We do what we do because that is what we've always done. And so to then step back mm-hmm. and be more intentional – with the decisions that we're making in our actions, it really can, um, make a difference. Well, Krista, I only have two minutes before we go into a commercial break. And, um, I just want to talk a little bit more about your, um, your ministry. And like I said, it's called meaning to your minutes. Um, tell us a little bit more about how we can find you and um, give us maybe just one more tip that we can do in our daily lives, and we have about, like I said, now a minute and thirty seconds to do all that in.
3: Okay, okay. Well, you can find me on minute.com or I'm on Twitter and Facebook under meaning in a minute, and um, Twitter Krista T Gilbert. Um, but I guess my last tip would just be, um, you know, really try and think about your mindset of impacting your world in small ways, because the small ways make a or the small things make a huge difference um, in our lives and in our in our lives relationally specifically. So just try and go into your day with the mindset that even a little smile, little words of encouragement, little blessings here and there make big impact.
1: That is, that is so true. Just a little, one little touch can make a huge impact on reaching up and reaching out to help others. And it can definitely um, change our cr- culture. And once again, we get so caught up in just the busyness of life. And I think even just waking up in the morning and three things, just praying to God what you're thankful for, what you're grateful for, and then asking Him, put people in my life today that I can make Mm -hmm. an impact on. And then from there, we can focus on having others because so much of that is contagious. When we're doing things, people go, wow, that really Mm -hmm. made a difference in my life. I want to make a difference in somebody else's life. Mm -hmm. So we are going to take a commercial break. Once again, thank you so much, Krista Gilbert, for being on our show today. And we will be right back after this message.
3: Thank you, Patty.
1: That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia.
0: Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Do you feel like when you watch a cooking show or read a food magazine that the recipes are not practical for a busy family? Do you wish you could have a conversation with someone about the best way to get dinner on the table fast after a long day at work? Are you tired of cooking dinner only to have your family turn up their nose at all of your hard work? Do you want to hear more about healthy living and finding more time to find your passion in life? Well, pull up a chair and visit with Heather Tallman, host of Around the Kitchen Sink. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. here on Tugging Radio. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa.
1: Well, our next guest has been doing amazing things and lifting others up. And we've just we've been sharing and talking with, with our guests today on um, how can we really change the culture how can we have an impact on on those that we have influence over and trudy um gummelt is our next guest and she has been doing a ministry called we are cherished and in this ministry they help women leave the sex industry and trudy has such an inspirational story of forgiveness and transformation Um, Trudy, I know I heard your story last year and it it was one that was just gut, gut wrenching about your stepfather who was coming into your bedroom at night from the time you were nine years old till you were 12. And when you were 12, um, you then thought you were pregnant. So you actually sent a letter to dear Abby and that letter spiraled your life to where, um, just your, your story from there. If, if you can just share with us what, what happened when when Dear Abby responded to you and give us a little bit more details in that. So uh, I just like dove right in and I didn't even say welcome, Trudy. How are you? <laughs> Hi, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> great. I'm just like so excited to have you on the show and then I just went ahead and told your whole story without even saying hello. Well, so- that's great less pressure for me <laughs> yeah, there you go there you go why don't i just like t- talk the whole segment and i'll tell them all about you but anyway <laughs> how, how are you and where you are you're having lunch so it's it's no longer morning there and i hope you're having a great great lunch time
5: oh yes that's awesome um no i'm doing great uh god has been doing amazing things um uh, in people's lives around me and he's been also teaching me through his words so um it's been really you know sometimes teaching times can be a little intense but uh it's it's good though it's a good thing so, mm. yeah well, the well, letter so the letter got um did you want to ask me something
1: well, you know what, once again, I was just um, bouncing ahead uh, uh, about, but you uh-huh. go back to the letter and then I will bounce ahead because I have another question okay. for you, but go ahead. <laughs> okay.
5: So the letter, um, I sent the letter uh, mainly because the other times that the um, the abuse had been happening, there was no, um, like he would pull out. Before ejaculation so there was one time that he did not and so it got me um concerned I don't I didn't have any reason to believe other than that that I was pregnant but I sent a letter to dear Abby and that by itself kind of puzzles me (laughs) that I would do that but I sent it to her and I got a letter back and my sister actually checked the mail that day and comes running in the house delighted to that dear Abby has written a letter to Trudy and so she's announcing it to the house and my mom is there and my mom wants to see this letter and I tell her, Oh no, it's just because of whatever, I don't even remember what I said. But um I took the letter in my bedroom, I read it, and there was basically just one line you need to tell your mother. And that was it was all it said. And I tore it up, and I threw it away in the bathroom wasn't really i mean if I didn't want anybody to know that wasn't the brightest thing to do, but my sister went in there and she put the pieces together in the letter, and she came to me a little tattletale and said i'm going to tell Mom if you don't <laughs> so I went into the living room I knew I had no choice um and I told my mom and immediately. What I remember is her closing her eyes, um, probably because of shock, um, and then she took us to a church where we talked to a priest who said to me, "It's not your fault," but you know that didn't really—I didn't buy it. All the years that followed, um, when when especially when desire is woken up so early. For a young girl and she doesn't know what to do with it. I mean I had no boundaries. I didn't know Mm -hmm. what to do with that desire and when I was living at home I didn't get out of control. I really got more out of control when I left home Um, and that caused I mean I just slept around a lot used drugs, alcohol and eventually wound up dancing in a strip club and that was short lived but you know, with the mindset that I had, walking into a strip club was acceptable. It was good. It was, you know. Mm-hmm.
3: hmm
5: Hm. So um, I would say that after having slept with so many people and doing the drugs and stuff, I always wanted a man who would respect me. I always wanted, you know, every girl wants to settle down and have somebody that loves her and who is faithful, and has a great job, and um, I wanted that. When I got married twice, divorced twice, finally met somebody that was the most responsible and respectable that I'd ever been with, and we got married, and I started settling down and maturing and getting more wisdom. We found Jesus together, but I nearly Mm -hmm. ruined my marriage um, because I still didn't believe who I was. I didn't know who I was. God I didn't believe that I had been forgiven. Um, I thought that there was just too much uh, yucky stuff that was in my life in my past so
1: and, and who came along Trudy well, well first of all the, the question that I, I or I guess it would be just the statement one of the things I asked you last year when I said, how then do you decide to to have this relationship? with Jesus when, um, at such a young age that this uh, horrific thing has, has happened to you. Um, and then you, you see that this is your, your father. So then how do you then have a respect for your heavenly father? And you made the comment that you felt like God was just holding you through all of this. And I, and I, that has really stuck with me this last year of after hearing you say that, that, yeah, I, I, I chose that relationship because you, you felt his presence through all of this. And um, I just think that's just, it's amazing. But who then was that, that Jesus was skin on that lifted you up to where you now are able to then breathe into others. Because once again, we were talking earlier, you know, wounded people wound others. And how do you then get to that point where, okay, I am done. I am not going to be a part of this spiral and I am going to help others. I'm going to lift others up rather than just continue to hurt others.
5: Well, um, the the wilderness years that, when I nearly ruined my marriage, the wilderness years were a, a kind of a formative time for me. And then coming out of that was when I realized that I was loved and forgiven. And it had a lot to do with reading the book *Redeeming Love* and and just the people at my church um, who unconditionally loved me. They were not judgmental in the least. They um, they and I th- those are the people with Jesus with skin on. And then as I deepened my relationship with Jesus because I felt his presence, and once I once I believed that he had been pursuing me all those years, in spite of all of that, um, then I was so in love with him that I wanted to spend time with him, and he revealed things to me as I went along about the past. And when I asked him, I didn't want him to show me anything in the past and there's a lot of memories I don't have and as long as God doesn't want me to remember I'm great with that you know what I'm saying but (laughs) he I asked him where he was where are where were you when all that happened and he said sweetheart if I was not with you you would not have been able to handle it Mm. and the verse that my grace is sufficient for you it's true I mean all the hardships and, and the things that I go through but his grace Covers over me and allows me to stand up under temptation, allows me to stand in the face of opposition um, because he has shown me that I have a crown on, and he has clothed me in garbs of righteousness, and that's how he showed me that and and I believe it and when we look with our at our heavenly Father, when we look at him with trust in our eyes, I think his heart beats wildly, you know.
2: Hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: well we have three minutes Trudy before we have to end the show and um first of all one of the tips I would say is read that book redeeming love by Francine Rivers you're right that is an amazing book and she is one of my favorite authors of all time and that that is just a fabulous book and um the other you had mentioned another book um, and I'm trying to. It, it's just talking about your identity in Christ uh, by Bob Hamp. And yes. I believe it was Think Differently, yes. Live Differently. Tell tell us. You just have two yes. minutes. What was your walk away from that book? Okay.
5: Um, well, the the kingdom parable that he tells there is about a boy who goes through his life not knowing. Who he's he he's born to do one thing, but everybody's telling him he can't do it, and and then he comes to a place where he um, knows that his father loves him just because he's his son, and and he wants him, the father just wants him to be his son, and so this book helps you to not just think different thoughts because those things don't work; it doesn't last but thinking in a different way. So it's changing the perspective, changing the way you think, thinking, changing how you see God who's seeing you and how you look at God. Because the enemy's, his tricks have never changed. He wants us to doubt who God is, doubt who we are, and then we treat others wrong. <laughs>
1: so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yes, that is such a good point. And once again, that's what we were talking about. That's what we are talking about today is how do you get to where you're processing things differently. We need to think differently. We need to then act differently. And we need to be more intentional. Right. And rather than just saying this is the way it's, it's always done. And, and what's one more tip, right. Trudy, in 30 seconds that you can just share with our listeners today? Um,
5: One more tip is to let it go. Let it go. Hmm. Don't carry it. Give it to Jesus.
3: Hmm.
1: So there we have it. Let it go. And these are some of the the, um, things we have identified today and lifting others up. And once again, we want to thank um, Bloom and a big shout out to Bloom and all the pastor's wives out there. um, for being on our show today and we will talk to you next week make sure you're doing something today to be intentional thank you
0: thank you for being a part of this special program Girlfriend It the show dedicated to the most important woman you know yourself